Welcome to the 17th episode of the Bogey Island Podcast. My name is Russ. My name is Jesse. And this is Andy. We are the Bogey Island Podcast. Fortunately, tonight we are missing our fourth member, Jeff. He's uh, currently sitting courtside at the Celtics Heat game right now, Eastern Conference Finals. He, I know he's repping Bogey Island out there. He sure he better be. As you should, too. Remember, if you like the podcast, go ahead and give us a rating and review. However you listen to us, we want to make sure that we get out there. We're trying to grow the game. Help us on that mission. Let's talk about golf. Would you? Uh, so this past week, what did you guys do to get the game going, get the juices flowing, and get the game growing? Um, I think I just played last week, and that was it. Didn't yeah, really do anything Where did you guys play? Oh, where did we play again this weekend? We played DW. Was that this weekend? Shout out, no, we played Eastern Country Club. Oh, yeah, that tea time that I booked that I didn't even get to go yeah, to. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate it. Much appreciated. Russ was uh, Jesse Palmieri for the day. Yeah, they called <laughs> me Jesse like multiple times while we were there, dude. Started was like, started, no way. Yeah. Started was like, Palmieri. Russ was like, yep. <laughs> but when I was checking in, she was like, oh, uh, what time's your tea time? I was like, oh, I think it's like 1220. She was like, no, I was like, 1217? She was like, Palmieri? I'm like, yeah. She's like, all right. She's like, you can swipe your card, Mr. Palmieri. I'm like, okay. So I was like, all right, I swipe my card. I was like, okay. Card says Russell Grant. Yeah, and then we get to uh, the, the, the the starters, and they're like, Palmieri? I'm like, yeah, that's us. And I think he, he might have called me Jesse. I don't know, but it was just kind of strange. Like, well, first of all, don't assume who I am, all right? Don't assume I'm Jesse Palmieri. For that tea time, you can. Do I? No. You know what? <laughs> no. For that for that tea time, until we start off, you can assume whatever you want. That's true. You know what I mean? That's just get true. me on the first tee box. Assume you, I'm going to be a scratch golfer. Like, Yo, I'm here for the twelve, whatever tea time. Russ, what was your uh, what was your score on? Uh, was it Saturday we played? Yeah. 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 What was your What did you shoot that day? Eastern Country Club, first time out there this year. I'd like to see the second time because I shot a 94. Eastern Country Club. Ooh, I yeah. played fucking. I mean, for me, like ninety four is good. That's like back. That's like pre surgery rounds. Oh, yes. man, Russ fine was with hitting that. some drives. Bro. Oh. It took me like three or four Ooh. holes to. I was. I mean, about I was four or five too. Holes. I was too. But man, the last time the last time I played with Russ before that, he was really struggling with the drive, and he really he turned it around completely at Easton. How how did you drive on uh, on hole three there right after the par five? That short, that 260-yard par four? Not bad, honestly. So I think it has that Andrew hit, the a, right. hit his little burner club on that hole, and he hit a fucking beautiful shot, like pretty much straight down the middle. It's great. It was like almost to like where like the the end of the lake is to where it kind of cuts into the green. Yeah. It was somewhat close to that distance. My shot went into the woods a little bit to the left, but it was probably like 20, 30 yards, probably about 20 30 yards off Andrew's shot, but, like, to the left inside of, like, that opening of trees and shit that's right there yeah, on the left-hand yeah. side. Yeah, um, But I had a nice shot out of that, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I am pretty sure I put that on the green for that for my second shot there. Like, we, we played yeah. some good golf on Saturday. I played great golf. I was, I was pretty proud of myself. I know the last time when I played DW, I shot, like, a 113. I was very disappointed in myself. I was like, yeah. wow, that's that, that was garbage. That was, so what did you shoot? Yeah, what'd you I shoot? shot a 102. Oh, all right. Yeah, okay. so, I mean, oh, wow. I'm still in the hundreds, but, I mean, I, I had some beautiful drives that day. I had, a, had, you know, some good shots to the green. Didn't really hit the green from far out, but I was hitting the distance, which helped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You know, if I was 190 away, 
<clears throat> ripping a four iron, like I wouldn't land it on the green, but I would be like maybe in the rough to the side of the green, yeah. like a chip on the right like, club from like 15 yards, you know? So I'm hitting them good. I just got to get my accuracy down my aim. Yeah, I'm I'm having an issue with aim too, man, this year. Same. Same. I'm trying to figure it out now that I have to, I'm kind of hitting it, you know, the correct way that I got to try and figure You're out. Hitting it different. Yeah. I need to figure out. It's hard. It's kind of, it's a little bit hard, but I kind of, I kind of figured it out a little bit. Really, honestly, like people used to say, like if your ball is sitting right in the fairway, even off the tee box, it's to, like pick that green, like get you know, get up behind your ball, vis- you know, see the ball, see the hole, see the trajectory you want, but then pick like a piece of grass, a blade of grass sticking up, or like a rock, or you know, a, a broken tee or something. You know, pick something in front of it that you could aim your shot. Yes, something you know? that's like five feet in front of it. Yeah, yeah. and I never like I never, I've heard that, but I was like. I don't do that. Like, I don't need to do that. Like, I hit my ball, you know, how I hit my ball. But now that I'm hitting it the proper way, it's – I'm doing that a lot more frequently, and it helps so much more. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, they say that in putting, too. So, like, when you know, when you're reading, when you're reading the green, like, yeah, you want to hit the hole, but, like, you know, if it's going to be a right to left downhill and you have to hit, like, the crest. Yeah. You know, maybe there's, like, a little – like patch of grass or like an old divot that was fixed that you can clearly see. You know what I mean? You aim for that point because that's where you want the ball to break. Yeah, I have, right, right. I have a question about that. So how, when you guys are putting, what are you looking at? Where are you putting? And like, what is your aim on your putt? What are you, what are you looking at for when you putt? Okay, so how I, do you visualize your putt? I I learned this process from my grandfather, and when it pays off, it pays off big. And I honestly, I don't do it as much anymore just from not golfing for like 10 years, but I've been making myself do it more consistently lately and I'm putting better. All right. So number one, I just look, what is the line as the crow flies from the ball to the cup? Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like everybody does that first. What's the, what's the straight distance line? Then I start looking at undulations on the green you know Mm -hmm. and then from there i am usually pretty high so i start picturing you press x you press and hold x and you get your shot preview 100 (laughs) percent. yeah i didn't learn this my grandfather but i added this in on my own now i'm like picturing the grid lines you know what i mean there's some red there's some yellow right you know Mm -hmm. and then um then i start looking at where would i take like a practice shot to and then i I step away from the ball either to the left or to the right, depending on the read. And then I look at what is happening in the path of travel if I were to hit the ball mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. And then from there, I try to adjust and then I take my shot. What about you, Andy? Yeah, I mean, I was never really taught how to read a green. I just kind of, I guess when I step up, you know, to my putt, uh, I'm looking, like Jesse said, you're kind of looking at it from, like, what's point A to point B, the ball mm-hmm. to the cup. Yeah. You know, what is that line? Um, you know, one lesson I took that, you know, he taught me, if you have the time, because obviously, you know, pace of play is important. You know, if you listen to Bogey Island, we're all about etiquette. Um, but if you got some time to do it, you know, walk around the green. You know, if, you yep. have, if, you're, you're, fur- if you're furthest from the hole and your buddies are taking their shots, take a quick lap around the green because what you see from point A to point B isn't always what it looks like. Um, you could, you could be like, Oh, it's right to left downhill. But then, you know, when you step 
to the side, to the left side of the hole, you realize that it's actually not as downhill as you thought mm-hmm. it was. It might go uphill a little bit. At yeah, some point. exactly. Yes. You might see a little bit of an uphill, and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't see that. So I do walk the green when I can, um, and then I then I just kind of like putt and pray. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I was never really taught how to read a green, so I just kind of get a feel for where this putt's going to go. Okay, I'm going to aim here, and I'm just going to putt it and hope I make it. Yeah, right. You know? yeah. So that that's kind of like where I'm at. Maybe I can learn some more tips and tricks. When I'm reading the green, like there's – there's a, there's a couple weird things about it because so I played hockey for a long time. I played hockey for like 12 years. When you're playing hockey, if the puck bounces off the boards, depending it, it's like it's almost geometry, but you're not you're not doing math per se as far as the numbers going. You're doing it as far as the visuals go. Yes. So, you know, if someone's if someone bounces the puck off the boards at this certain point, I know that the puck when it hits there it's going to end up at this part of the boards, you know? So someone ices, you know, someone dumps the puck and the puck is wrapping around the boards. You don't want to chase the puck around the boards. You want to cut that puck off as soon, you know, you want to skate down and, and get that puck in, in at football, that perfect, like, interception there, you know? In football, we called that, and you probably called it that too, the, the angle of pursuit. Exactly. You're trying to cut off the line. Exactly. It's, it's just like throwing the football. Angles. Yeah, you know, it's like throwing your football. It's like... I know the play. I know he's going to be right there. I have to give it this amount of power and this, you know, I have to throw it in this direction because he's going to be there at that point. So the hockey's like that. So I kind of took that to golf to where it's like I know, you know, we're talking about angulations like left to right, downhill, uphill. And then, you know, I'm a kid. I'm, I'm, I'm part of, you know, gen, what generation am I? X, Gen Z, fucking uh, millennials. Uh, we're millennials. millennials. Yeah. So I grew up playing video games, you know, and like I said, putt preview. You kind of see that line, and you kind of you visualize that line based off the green, and then you kind of try to emulate your ball to roll that line. I've definitely taken video games into my real. It life helps, game. yeah, just yeah. like the grip. It really does help. I try to I try to visualize that line literally um, from like I I try to stare long enough to where I can see that line start to form. And Russ was saying like, you know, when you're playing hockey and the pucks bouncing off the boards, you can almost anticipate where that puck is going to be so you want to skate to where it is so there's something new that i'm doing that has really helped my putting is is i'm I'm incorporating that same you know putt preview that line the ball is going to take but then i'm also applying the break in the ball to when i hit it so you know say the hole it's 10 feet in front of me right where am I going to aim? And it's downhill left to right. Where am I aiming for that putt? Slightly, you said left to right? You know, say it's a left to right uh, downhill I mean, read you're, you're on the putt. Probably I'm going to aim left. Yeah. Left? I'm going to aim probably left, right? Probably 60% of the distance that it takes to get there, maybe. So 70. you're going to look at it, right? And you're going you're gonna to watch the ball. You're going to see that putt preview in your mind. And you're going to see, because the ball's, you're hitting the ball straight. And then it's going to break at some point, you know? Yeah. yeah so yeah. you're going to visualize where that ball is going to break. And then that's where you're aiming for. So yes. you're going to put the power in. You're going to aim for that spot. So it's usually, you know, it's going to be it's going to be off to the left. But then just a little bit more left than that. Because you just you want to aim your ball there so it's rolling straight. 
and then once it you know if you hit it the right way and it it starts breaking at that point you know and you gave it the, enough the power take over. correct so you're yeah, giving it yeah. enough power to reach that point where you're aiming at but enough power to where it's going to hit the break and then hopefully go in the hole or stop right at the hole yeah i've yeah. had more success when you break your shot down from the hole back to the cup mm. than i have going from the ball to the cup makes sense. makes sense yeah yeah you see you visualize it backwards if like, i know that it has angulations and it's going to be like a crazy read. I will work my way backwards. Well, that goes back to my point about like just, you know, your average right to left downhill, you know, putt. You want to hit that crest. Yeah. Because the reason you want to aim for the crest is because you want it to topple over that crest and let gravity take over. Yep. Right. Because otherwise what happens when we hit it too hard and it's already downhill, we blow past the cup. On the back, back on the fairway, yeah, buddy. Back into the fairway. Yeah. And you want it to die on the break so that way the yes. break takes the ball, hopefully not too much. You know, and that's honestly that's been that's probably been one of the best things that's helped me as far as putting because I'm more confident putting now than I ever have been and I was already pretty confident. If confident enough to know be like, I'm not gonna hit three putts. And if I do, it's maybe one or twice around, legit. That's like a that's real legit three putt, from, bro. Yeah, like, that's awesome. Like a legit three putt is not gonna, you know, I might, you know, maybe I was fucking off on that one foot putt and I I missed it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I wasn't really trying to hit it because, you know, maybe you gave it to me and I just I putted it. You know, I just wasn't focused on hitting. The, I'm gonna yeah. hit that putt. You know what I mean? But being able to keep your putts down, get to stay into the two putts, that you know, even a three a good three putt like. It happens sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's happening for Unless you're me, and then it's right all now. A good three putt could be you you know, you're thirty, forty yards away from the hole, you blow the hole the the, the ball past the hole, you're another twenty, thirty yards away. Yeah. You know, and you might have you might have fucked that second putt up and now you have a ten foot putt for par uh for bogey and you <coughs> hit it. You know what I mean? That's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. That's a great yeah, way to save. Yeah, pretty my life. It's a good three putt, but usually a four putt, and that's yeah. I hear you. I will say, <laughs> I will say, lately I've uh, I've been so excited to you know save bogey. <laughs> like I know, right? I've been it's doing, a great I, I've been shooting a lot of fives and sixes, staying out of the lands of sevens and eights, you know. But uh, last week I did uh, did take a little trip down to that to that land for a little while. Bogey Island, Bowls. Bogey Island, seven eight. Like share subscribe. Snowman. Hey. Ed Donato once said to me, he said, um, etiquette. Nine fives is 45. Yeah. Yes. That was, that was That's going through my, yeah. that was going through my head the whole round on Saturday. Nine fives, nine is, fives 40, is 45. 45, yeah. bro. But unfortunately he shot nine sixes. <laughs> <laughs> I did consistently. Russ was like, Russ was like, yeah, at least you were consistent. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, I was happy. With that. I mean, I, if, if there's one thing we want in golf, it's to be consistent. So that's a 54. Uh, you know? yeah. Fuck. You know what's been killing me this year too? A par threes, boys. Oh man, par threes have yeah. been fucking me right in the I've ass, been, man. I've been doing a little better with the par threes this year. Dude, no, you have not. Ah! No, no, you have I've been not. Doing a little better with them. Doing a little better with them. I will say that you're you're getting there, like. I would say last the difference that I've noticed this year is like you don't have a problem get you you can usually get there in one or two, pretty like you're there. It's the putting. It's the putting. Yeah, yeah. that's I was I was literally gonna go into that. I mean, it's a lot. 
a lot more like there's some times where you hit a chip and it's like what the fuck did you just do like you had a beautiful maybe I know you may you might be three feet in, in like off the green in the rough and it's like that's a great time I love getting those chips you know and the hole is yeah, like yeah. on the other side of the green so it's a putch doesn't really make sense but the chip is like kind of like scary a little bit and then you hit the ball but you hit the ball two feet. Into the rough, and it's like fuck, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> but then I, you have I, those shots where you hit that ball, I think, and it goes three inches from the hole, and you're like, oh, yeah. I think I, I did that. Yeah. I think Your what it, is cheering. Yeah, that that I think what it comes down to is like just poor club selection, poor shot selection. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. maybe I'm just being dumb, poor course management. Nah, it's just those instances. It's just you rushing. You know what I mean? Just not. Fo- you, you know what though? On, let me, a lot of times, yeah, there's too much going it. through your mind. That's that true. Time. Well, let me just say the past two rounds that I've played. We've had people on our asses, man, and yeah. I felt extremely rushed. Mm, yeah, you know, when I got time, you know, I, I can play pretty well. If I had a little bit of extra time and didn't feel rushed by the people behind us, I probably could have broke a hundred. Yeah, but we we were feeling rushed, man. It was tough. It was it was pretty, dude. We we got to some holes. I hate that feeling. And we were waiting. Yeah, we were waiting for the the people to tee off, and the people in front of them might have honestly. It might have been two groups on the tee box, three. The one group teeing off, the group in front of us waiting, and then us waiting behind them at the tee box. And that was mostly towards the back where that was really, really happening. Not the back, but like the seventh hole, set sixth, seventh hole, and then on for a few yep. where it was really fucking bad. And then towards the back, it, it really started opening up just a little bit. But even the ranger came by, and he, and he made a joke to us. He was like, he said that the group in front of us was on time. He said we were eight minutes ahead. So that means we're playing some damn good fucking golf. Yeah, damn. But what the Ranger didn't know was that the group in front of us was playing a scramble the whole time. Oh. You know what I mean? And we're not playing a scramble. We're hitting our balls individually. Playing, yeah, you're playing stroke. They're hitting a scramble. Right. And the group in front of them is just, like, literally, like, just taking their sweet time. And the group in front of them was a twosome. A twosome. They, bro, they were on the seventh green. Like, we watched them tee off. They were on the seventh green. Like, there was no one behind them. And there was a group on the fairway waiting to hit their second or third shots because they were pretty bad onto the green. And then there was us waiting to hit our tee shots. And then a group behind us waiting for us to hit our tee shots. Oh, my God. It was so, bro, it was so bad. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's, that's not you guys' fault. No, it's not. Then, like, no, yeah, so the Ranger was trying to make it seem like we were playing a little way too fast. And he was like, "Oh, you know, just keep the scramble to a minimum." I'm like, "I was like, yeah, I wish, I wish we were that good, like play, like to even be playing a scramble that quick." And um, I was like, "But these guys in front of us are." And he was, he laughed, and I was like, "No, they are." And he was like, "Really?" I was like, yeah. So who's really ahead, and who's really slow? If they're doing a scramble and they're still playing the same, like same speed as you guys that's that's slow they're playing a scramble and they were on time and we weren't and we were eight minutes ahead so you guys were ahead ahead. that means we were playing on time yeah and they were playing quick we we were cruising and we were cruising i think what happens is when you start cruising and then you come to a stop that's what hurts your game sometimes you know, if you get inside your head too much, I tend to do that a lot on the golf course, and that's something I'm trying to get better at. Like, golf is a mental game. It is. Yeah. It's all about the next shot, and, you Dude, know, you want it's wanna... you versus you out there. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Exactly. That's why having the, your your cart partner is, it, it's, it's not just, 
it, it really it depends on who is your cart partner because you could have a really good cart partner who's hitting the ball well and you know they're every shot is going at like 110 yards at least you know what i'm saying at least to the, yeah, to the point where they're hitting good there, shots yeah. where you know and you're hitting good shots but if your cart partner is like hitting really bad bad shots and you're hitting somewhat decent shots that's what brings me down not brings me down like I'm sad, but like brings me to well, it's like a buzz a kill. mental place where I'm like, fuck, man. Like, now I gotta wait for you to take one, two, three shots before, before I can hit my. Second. Where did my sec? Yeah. Where did my? Yeah. Where did my ball go? And then by the time you get to your second, your second shot, you're like, where did that even go? Where did my ball go? That you happened lost, to me so many times. You I'm lost like, where it landed. You forgot where it landed because you're too focused on the other person. Yes, trying to find or hit their ball. Yeah, and it's it's there's too much that goes into it that golf. Really, you need to be in that space in your mind where there's nothing. Like even these golfers on TV, you'll hear them. Like you saw uh, John Rahm and Brooks Kepka at the Masters. Like at some points, you know, they were sitting there talking at the tee box. Mm-hmm. Golfers don't normally do that. Gol- like they, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, and Tiger Woods were all hanging out at the, Gen- uh, the Genesis Invitational, like sitting on the bench talking to each other before they hit their shots. Like, yeah. That doesn't happen in golf. Yeah, you're right. Very, very often, you'll hear these guys talk and be like, "Yeah, that's my best friend." Like John Rahm and Tony Finau at uh, the Mexican Open, the uh, Mexico Open, they were tied first and second. They're best friends. Those guys are best friends in real life, but at that golf tournament, they're not really talking to each other. Not because they don't like each other, because they're they so got a job to do. You're shot. working. You got a job to do. Exactly. And I mean, think about it this way too: golf, you're out there for four hours four yeah. four hours and 15 minutes and during those hours at the you, most hopefully at hopefully during those hours you are dedicating undivided attention and undivided focus towards your craft towards yep. your sport and you break that 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 focus at any point even if it's just to say hi to your buddy like exactly. that could oh, mean yeah, that could mean sure. that could start your your collapse and, and in the tournament or to go me, hit like, let them hit their ball for my times. process i have to redo my whole little process before that shot you yeah. know like if you break me like you know like i don't know how many checks are in there but let's say there's 10 you break me at check eight you know what i mean i have to redo that you know what i mean otherwise i know i'm gonna have a shitty shot yeah so I mean, it, it does just, make a difference for sure i mean it just at the end of the day lots of practice yeah lots of consistency yep. yeah doesn't matter how long it takes you speaking of that jason day Oh man, Russ, how, Russie, how long did he go without five years? Five years, and he's a pro, and he's a professional golfer. And um, he's just it took him five years, but he the past few rounds, like he missed a cut at uh, you know, at one tournament, the Masters, he tied for like 36 39 or something like that. I think it was tied 36 at the Masters tournament, and he at least made the cut, you know. It's but he's he was been playing great you know it's besides that like it's it's been overdue it's been way way overdue for jason day and he, he shot him like a under, minus 23 you know over the four days wow like he's, he's played fantastic three yeah him and scotty scheffler are up there kind of tied like oh, not scotty. tied but you know he was a couple a couple shots behind and then just seeing them two at the top leaderboard and there was a couple there was a few no names like not no names because obviously they're on a tour but people i haven't really heard of before up there that were like really leading the charge, and then Scotty Scheffler and Jason Day came out, and Jason Day ended up uh, taking the trophy. That's really cool. 
And it's awesome because the PGA Championship's coming up tomorrow oh, or today when you listen to this. you said Scheffler, too, because Scheffler's picked number one to win the PGA Championship, mm. which is, like, super I mean, interesting. I, JT I is in the top five. You know what? Speak. You know, Russ was just saying that like Jason Day was overdue for a win. You know, five yeah. years, dude. Just five, five years. JT is due for for a win. I mean, I la- like his last win was the PGA Championship last year. Last year. Oh, imagine if he just did. But he's it again. not even in the top five this year. No. On on Fanduel. That's from Fanduel. Better as, as far as betters go. Yeah. 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 As far as betters go, but like at the end of the day, he's human. You don't know what he's going to break out. The, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people surprise you. I mean. You know? He he's won there before. What's and, to say he won't do it again? But golf is also just one of those sports. Yeah, like, absolutely. You could just be on all four days, and yep. you could be some rando. I mean, look at the, look at the amateur from uh, from the Masters. Like, yeah. dude, Sam Bennett. Sam, Sam Bennett, Bennett. Come on, he, he was just on his game. Yeah, it's golf. He he was having he was playing good golf. Yeah, he was fucking. That kid is fantastic. Yeah. McElroy was not playing good golf. No, I honestly, I, he he's gonna show out. He's gonna play very well this week. Honestly, it's, he's yeah, he's he's due for like a ton of the top ten. You know, he, he definitely took a is. little uh, hiatus, right? A little hiatus. He took yeah. uh yeah, he lost three million out of his PIP money, so that's pretty funny. Yeah, not <laughs> funny, but like he lost three million because what the PGA Tour did is they they set these designated events that you know these the players in the players in the field need to be there like you need to have the top 30 guys in the world to be at these tournaments because you know the purses are huge it's like a 3.4 3.6 million dollar payout if you win a designated event compared to you know just any other event that you don't have to go to mm-hmm. you know so they set these designated events basically what other pro athlete out there doesn't have a schedule the celtics play jason tatum is going to be playing in every single one of these games oh yeah you know what i mean unless yep. he's injured Right. Why? Why isn't that the same with golf? Why do? Why can you? Why should you be only able to play a couple tournaments a year and be you know qualified as a professional golfer in that case? Why aren't you playing in every event? You know what I mean? Why aren't you playing in every single event in that case? I think. I think for them, I, I still feel like exactly. I, I feel like in that case, the NBA is is more demanding there and like that's a more like you're right he's like poor tatum he's gonna play in every single you know until they win the championship which we all in boston know they're gonna do um for sure and um but for golf like all right so they're playing you know at sawgrass you know for this next tournament next week they just got done in mexico right and now they got to go to sawgrass they got to play that for the next couple of days they got to go there they got to uh train there they gotta hit that range you know what i mean and that's a whole you know it's all the behind the scenes shit i think that's when the actual work comes into golf comes into professional golf well think of it this way too this year the u.s opens in la yeah you know what the tournament after that is the travelers championship connect eye cut in connect eye kit yes so they have to cut they have to go from (laughs) the u.s open yeah they have to go from the u.s open in la and then take a plane after that, fly across the country to get to Connecticut to play another golf. You know, they yeah. have, they get a few days. It's a, that's a six-hour flight. You know, if you've, you've taken the PJ, which most of them probably are, you know, it's a six-hour flight. You know, and if you hit a wind stream, a jet stream, it's probably a four-and-a-half-hour flight. 
You know, so it's still a long flight that you got to take after playing four rounds of golf. Sitting in a little yeah. tube for four hours. Some of these guys are yeah. moving their families, Oh, too. but it's lavish. It's it's not, you're not sitting on a 747. No, I know that. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, you yeah, and your family. Yeah, they're all sleeping, they're getting their yeah. rest, yeah. Getting some good food, some drinks. So it's at least yeah. somewhat comfortable, you know. And it's, again, it's only four days. I mean, you played golf for four days. That's... Four days yeah, of they're, golf. They're going to play for six. Yeah. They're going to play for life. five. <laughs> they're going to play would, for five or six days. You know what I mean, dude? Let me sit in one of them recliners and after four rounds of golf, yeah. fly over the country for four hours. Yeah, let me smoke hit a stick on there. Yeah, you know? right. Have a few, you know, throw a few back real quick, yeah. and then you know, Take tee up in Connecticut the next day. Why not? Not you even the next day. Like four days from, from now. Four you days. Know? You know, yeah. A right, lot get of times, to Connecticut, wind down, hit some, pra- you know, get, get some practice jet lag. in. Yeah. And that show full swing, like a lot of the guys, like you know, say it's day two of the tournament, they finish their round at two o'clock in the afternoon, then they go to the gym, and then they go with the instructor trainer. Yeah. Doing, you know what I mean? Oh, they, that's their routine. So, I mean, it's like, crazy. Even though they worked out this morning, or like they stretched this morning, they did these calisthenic workouts. They swung, a, you know, they hit four hundred balls at the driver range, and then they played a, an eighteen-hole round. And then after they get off, they go to the gym again. That's then the, they work out hard. That's it's their job. Crazy. That's their job. Russ was saying, you know, they don't talk to each other out there because they're out there to do a job. No. And you know, the, their job isn't just you know four days a week at a tournament it's right, right it's every day it's like waking up and going to work you gotta go you gotta schedule you got a to-do list well these guys got the same thing they gotta go practice you know they gotta go work out they gotta make sure they get a good meal in you know they they got recovery that they gotta do they hit gotta, 500 balls got, yeah exactly yeah. you know but everyone is different yeah. you know if you notice you know depending on their coaching and just them as individuals like obviously bryson is very calisthenic and weight oriented you know, he obviously does a lot of power work. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But Tiger Woods, you know what I mean? He's very functional, and he's more about getting the repetitions in at the yes. range. Yes, yes. You know what yeah. I mean? The... Not saying that Bryson isn't. I don't like Bryson. We all <coughs> we all don't like him. But like, I don't know who does. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not getting his repetitions in, but you know, it's pretty clear that Tiger has gotten... Diminished. Yeah. Tiger has been diminished. But, I mean... And that guy's hit, like he's hit enough. When golf he goes balls. to the airport, yeah. bro, he can't go through the machine if it has a damn magnet in it. He'll die. Bro, he ain't mean? going through no airport. I know. No. He's saying, going like private. He's had so many, trip. like you know, he's shoulders, back, knees, ankles. Oh yeah, the dude's like the dude's bionic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every part of the swing, the Cyber structure Woods. of the swing has been Cyberwoods. Cyberwoods. <laughs> <laughs> Get AI for that, man. Get him a robot. That's what I'm saying, man. Get him the Neuralink shit. He'll be good to go for another 30 years. Legit. I mean, he stays in great shape. You, like, when when I saw him at the Masters, he was in great shape. Mm. He was, you know, he's built like a well, brick shit house up, up top, he's bigger than he ever has been. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, he, he but he doesn't it, have, like, a big gut or anything. Like, he just looks healthy. He looks healthy. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it goes into his that training, too. Gross. He's had to, Yeah, it does. <laughs> he's had to overcompensate first, like, you know, for the leg with training. You know what I mean? He even said it, like, like he said before, he like, at the Masters, like, his training involves a lot more core work because his swing is more core oriented now as opposed to full body oh. because he can't really give that same explosion off the leg anymore you know yeah, yeah you know energy absolutely. is from the ground up he can't generate that explosive yeah he you can't probably... he can't generate the same amount of energy from the ground up anymore so he has to overcompensate by using his core so when you watch his swing 
compared to even six years ago, it's very different. Mm. It's way more in the in the core in the midsection. He's swinging harder in the midsection. Yeah, you can't can't apply that uh, that ground pressure with this. Can't and explode that, off his leg anymore. And then when you watch that swing, that back leg just it doesn't look like any energy's going into it. It just kind of looks like it follows behind his turn. Yeah, like it's, it's just kind of much. Like, yeah, yeah. He's all upper body, man. It's crazy. Go figure. Tiger would be the one to say like yeah, it, it is all in the arms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now it is. Yeah. But hey, listen. Once he hits the PGA Championships tour, man, it's game lights over. out. Yeah, you know, Gary Player, look out. <laughs> <laughs> Make some more room on the shelves, Tiger. Legit, I have a couple more trophies up there. Yeah, Dude, right. How many trophies? I mean, he's he's got to have walls. Oh, he's got walls. Hundreds. I mean, I'm saying from like, like, f- probably from his childhood. Oh, um, he I bet I doubt he. He probably has a couple like, uh, you know, meaningful ones for him. But I think he said he had like 180 trophies or something when he was. By the time he was 14. Well, something oh crazy. Yeah. Like, what do you do with those? You just put them in a box somewhere and put them down. Like, oh, it's another one. <laughs> this yeah. is going to go a little off topic of what we wanted to discuss tonight. But you know, since we're over here talking about goats and all, yeah, um, Brady. I know we discussed this a couple episodes back. Brady's actually coming back for some sort of ceremony for the first home game yes. for the Patriots. Not... Jay, Jesse, you owe me $100. <laughs> not, <coughs> not confirmed if he's going to retire a Patriot, but there also is a theory out there that it might happen based on the recent commercial that came out yeah, the about the Patriots retirement, retirement home yeah. and Brady showing up saying, well, You got room for one hey, more? Hey, Debbie, you got room for one more? Yeah. And it's the Patriots retirement home. Yeah, it's the Patriots retirement home. <laughs> he's not just showing up there because he's a retired player and played for the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. It's because he is going to retire, retire a, a Patriot. Bro, that uh, that we, contract is already written it's and ready, ready to, go. to sign. Ready to go. It's already written. I told so it's Jay, happen. Jay, he was on the podcast a few episodes ago. I had made a bet with him and Jesse that Tom Brady is going to retire a Celtic. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm watching the Celtics right now. Tom Brady oh my God, is going. I'll take that bet. I'll take that yeah, bet. Right? He's going to retire a Patriot, and they're like, "No, he's not. Like, he has problems with Bill. Like, he hates Bill. Blah blah blah. All this talk, right?" And I'm like, "No, the dude's won six Super Bowls in this city. Vince Wilfork signed a one day and retired a Patriot. You know what I mean? Yep. Tom yeah, Brady right. is not going to take the." Two three well, how two three years in Tampa he had and be like oh I'm just gonna stay retired as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer yeah he's not gonna sign no. off on that no no he's gonna come back to New England he's gonna re- do a one day contract retire with the Patriots and I'm gonna win two hundred dollars that day it's gonna be a fantastic day I can't wait but there's some something something happened like uh, a couple like a week or two after we made that bet where. The pa- like if you went on the Patriots shop like to buy online like buy a T-shirt or something, they had like this special Brady shirt jer- and, sla- and and like jerseys that were like um, I forgot what the shirt said, but it was a it was a Tom Brady jersey like special edition. I, I don't know if it said like re- retired or like retirement or it said something along those types of lines where it was like the special jersey. That they have for Tom, what? but then if you went to Tampa, like if you went to Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay's website and looked at the same like jersey they had for it, it was just a Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Bucks jersey, but the Patriots one had this specific wording in it 
that, was it like a little patch or something? No, it, it's it just in the title of what the jersey was called. It was like you know the Tampa Bay Bucks Tom Brady jersey, home jersey, and the the Patriots one was it had this specific wording. Didn't it say like Tom Brady retirement jersey or something like that? It was like, like retirement jersey or dynasty jersey. It was some type of wording on it. It made it very it made it seem very exclusive and that like to the Patriots to the Patriots and correct. Even though you could have got that same jersey as in the Bucks version, it didn't have that special wording. And you want to know what? A Patriots 12 jersey is always going to have more value anyway than a Bucks 12 jersey. See, I was just about to ask, Depending was there on a it. difference in price? I think they're the same price. They're the same price, but, but legit, it was... The description. The it, description of not. what that jersey is. It wasn't just a Patriots Tom Brady 12 home jersey. It had some special fucking wording. For us, oh, that's super interesting. For us, Dude, that's a conspiracy. For us critical thinkers, like you can't just be throwing shit out there like that because we're going to think beyond. Like, there's got to be some meaning behind the way they they do the descriptions on the jerseys. Kraft is talking about bringing Brady back for a ceremony for the first game. Like, what kind of ceremony, bro? Like, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, as soon oh, as and that then, news came out, I was like, "Yeah." And then as right, soon so as they sign it one day, yeah. As soon as they say that, then all of a sudden, there's commercial releases with the with the Patriots retirement home. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, we'll have to show you the video. It's it's actually pretty funny. So I actually I have the screenshot of the jerseys right here. the The Tampa Bay Bucks jersey, the men's jersey, was ninety nine ninety nine, and it stated "Men's Tampa Bay Buccaneers Tom Brady Nike Pewter Alter- Alternate Legend Jersey." Right. He's a legend, obviously. Yep, yep. The Patriots one right underneath it reads $129.99. Men's New England Patriots Tom Brady Nike white retired game jersey. Retired game jersey? What does that mean? And is a $30 difference in price? Correct. What that means is no one will ever wear the number 12 in New England Correct. again. So is wow. it going to be the jersey? Is so is Tom Brady going to play game one? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> no. Is he going to play you game think one? It's, it's, it's all right. the headline was pre-game ceremony. Like he's been like there's been a lot of rumors about him potentially coming out of retirement, and then he comes back out with the I just got a kitten. I don't think I can come out of retirement. Yeah. Well, so there's been a lot of rumors deflection, rumors deflection. What if now this is a big what if? What if that's just all a ruse to? To him coming out in pads in the first game. But the thing is, when you... He is going... Plays one down. If he retires with... Exactly, right? If he retires with the Patriots, he is coming out of retirement to then retire again. Regardless if it's a one-day contract. How sick would it be, though? Like, If he just came out for one play, and all he did was kneel... And just like wave to the crowd, it'd, it'd be, be fucking bananas. It'd be he just comes out, fucking wild, takes a yeah. knee. That's the first play of the game, and he just takes the helmet now off. Now Mac Jones is like, "Fuck, second and <laughs> second and twelve. Or he throw, or they give him like the four downs. They're like, "Just play, a, play a drive, you know, and just have fun with it. That'll be it." He throws a touchdown on like the second play. It's like Gronk comes keep out of me in, coach. For that game. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> but here's the thing. Why wouldn't Gronk retire a Patriot as well? Edelman, dude. They all should. Edelman's already retired Patriot. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's already retired. You know, but... Yeah, but you don't think he would come back to play one one day with Brady? No, no. No. It would have to... It would be Gronk and Brady that would do it. Yeah, Yeah. Gronk. Gronk, If Brady's doing it, you know he's like, yo, Rob, we're going back. 
Hey, man, we're going back up. Hey, I just, you know what? I just got off the phone with Crafty, man. He's inviting us out to the vineyard. We're, we're going to sign on one day. What yeah. do you think? We're going to play Dude, that are you day. fucking kidding me, bro? <laughs> we're going to play that game. We're going to play that game. And then that'll be it. No, 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 no. I'm not playing no fucking game. Who's yeah. Those tickets would be $1,000 for the, yes, the nosebleeds. Nose Watch it, it. It'd just be like Brady and Gronk just in like, you know, T-shirt and shorts. Just Don't to throw one play. Other. Like yeah. one, route, one route pass, touchdown, final touchdown from Brady to Gronk, and everyone goes wild. That would even be pretty cool, too. That would be pretty cool. You know cool. what I mean? But... I still cool like to the see idea him of flick Mac Jones in the eye and say you suck. <laughs> so I'd la- I'd die laughing if I saw Mac Jones. If I saw him bully Mac Jones, I'd be like Brady. I, I you know I was ninety nine percent. Now I'm a hundred percent. I'm with you. I was ninety nine point ninety nine nine nine. Yeah, I just needed to see. I needed to see you flick Mac Jones in the eye and then like spit in his face or something. I don't know something disrespectful. I just hate that kid. Mac Jones sucks. <laughs> Um, Sack Jones. Sack Jones. Don't even get me started on that kid. Tom Brady to tie a Patriot. Celtics will win in the Eastern Conference Finals, going to the NBA Finals to beat, I For think, sure. the Lakers. I think so, too. It's going to be Celtics epic. Lakers. That's what I'm excited about. Ben 18, dude. I think, uh, I think that's how it's going to be, and I think the Celtics can definitely do it. Celtics are on a roll, bro. They've been exciting to watch. But, dude, honestly, that last game, the Game 7 against, uh, <sighs> against Philly was probably – one of the greatest basketball games I have ever watched in my life. And you know what? So I've watched the Celtics win the, the Smart, NBA championship before. Smart, I think, resp- is responsible for the win because Smart kept us in He What? Hear me out. He kept us in it. All right? Kept us in it. Marcus Smart? Marcus Smart. Yeah, granted, he's great. I think, like, he was, like, the behind-the-scenes guy. Like, numbers-wise... Not great. Like Marcus Smart is a leader. Don't get me wrong. He's yes. a leader. He's a, he is literally. I, that's that's what I'm trying to get. The best at, hustler in the league. Really high. But Jason Tatum was a driving force in that win. Obviously, with 51 points, Jalen Brown had like 25 points. Still, best duo in the league. Yes. Just, you know yes. They're, the, they're the they're the best. You can't have a you can't have a you can't have a better duo like. <laughs> I mean, the 51 Celtics. points in a game is just unbelievable. And for that to happen in the playoffs, too, like, so cool to watch. Yeah. Like, thank you, home team. For Thanks for winning me. a Game 7 in Boston, unlike the fucking Boston Bruins, who lose Game 7 in Boston. <sighs> just oh, like they God, lost God. the fucking Stanley Cup Game 7 in Boston. Just like the Celtics lost the NBA championship last year uh, in Boston. Yeah. Terrible. But, but... They put on a great, great show. Man, that went from like 100 to. <laughs> yeah, let's get out of here. Let's watch the rest of the Celtics game. Let's uh, let's enjoy it. All right, folks, we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you guys again for listening to the Bogey Island podcast. Remember to go like, share, subscribe. Check us out on Instagram. Leave us that rating and review. Help us grow. And remember, always buy your mulligans.